0: You're listening to the Bride Chilla podcast, helping bride chillers and groom chillers plan their wedding minus the bullshit. One podcast at a time. Welcome bride chillers and groom chillers. I'm so delighted to be sharing this journey with you because today, I say journey because it sounds a little uh, a little uh, magic because it is magic because today I'm featuring Uh, an interview with the wonderful Christine. She's a Bride Chiller graduate. We haven't done a Bride Chiller graduate episode for a while. And Christine sent me some photographs of her recent wedding and I lost my mind. Like this is totally uh, my bag. It was colorful. It was beautiful. It was diverse. And we got chatting and I was like, well, we have to be sharing half an hour of our time together because everyone needs to learn more about Christine. And also she is a kick-ass blog writer and has contributed an amazing blog for today's episode. Christine, welcome to the
1: show. Thank you so much, Alicia. Oh, thanks for your kind words. I appreciate it.
0: Oh, it's I, honestly, I, you know, when I'm always saying when people send me photos of their wedding, if I feel like a mom oh. And I show Rich, uh, and he, we get both. We'll get chugged up and be like, We these people feel like our family." So I, I saw your wedding, and obviously, you, as I said, you are a really avid blog writer and I have read your blog and I was like, Oh my God, we have to connect. You have oh, to call the show.
1: Thank you. I'm really excited to be here or there or virtually here. <laughs>
0: everywhere. You're everywhere. Your blog for today's show, it's 10 things I wish I knew when planning my wedding. And I read it and I smiled the whole way and I nodded. And then I was like, well, we just have to just basically go through <laughs> all the things that you wish you knew because everything you wrote was completely helpful. And, very bright chiller, can I just say? So, congrats! Thank you.
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, I don't even know where to begin. So,
0: well, let's. So, you married John? <laughs> I
1: did. Um, he's pretty wonderful. <laughs>
0: that is a, an excellent start to yes, the conversation. Yeah. Tell us about you and John to start with, before we kick off with the wedding plans. How did you come? Oh yes, yeah.
1: so we uh, met by the magic of the internet. Yes. yeah. Great. So he sent me a message. And said, hey, do you want to go to this event with me tomorrow? It was like a meetup.com event. And I replied back, yeah, sure. Here's my number. Um, and that was about the entirety of the exchange online. <laughs> the next day, and this was literally me for the next day, obviously. So the next day, we did indeed go to this meetup event. Um, we ended up getting dinner there. We left there. I really desperately needed to go to karaoke. So we went to my neighborhood to go to karaoke one karaoke didn't start till 11, but it was only like 9.30. So I went to another karaoke, which happened to be at the um, the neighborhood gay bar, which is also where the drag queens worked for the night. So yes. it was a delightful night, obviously.
0: <laughs> I just like how you said I needed to you go to karaoke. <laughs> Straight away, I'm like, yes, of he course needed
1: you to. did. So he, um, so I actually don't drink. So he, the bar he went to, had a um, three for $10 drinks for the night. So he had to drink all of them. Um <laughs> So he ended up getting a little bit toxic, which was adorable. I sung I Will Survive during karaoke. It was fabulous. And um, after our date, he asked me out again the next day. And I said, sure, why not? I suppose the rest is history. Oh uh,
0: and do you karaoke regularly? Uh,
1: whatever I can. I went to a performing arts high school and I did nothing with that except for to like outshine people at karaoke. So I would say that's like my little hidden talent.
0: <laughs> I think it's a great hidden talent and it's one to whip out at all occasions. I think karaoke you could dominate. Is is I will survive your key song. What's what else have you got up your back?
1: Those are I will survive and um Carrie Underwoods Before He Cheats.
0: Whoa. Yeah. Oh, wow.
1: Yeah, I love that one. <laughs> Mine
0: is Son of a Preacher Man.
1: Oh, that's a good yeah. one. That's a very Thank good you. one.
0: Thank you very much. So if anyone's ever drunk with me in karaoke, you know a <laughs> bit of Dusty Springfield's coming out at some stage of the night. So you, you went on the date, things went well, you progressed to an engagement stage, and it all kicked off.
1: It all kicked off one way it started. Um, yes, so we got engaged in Hawaii, actually. Actually, which was wonderful. Um, Thank you. So, yeah, it was the last day or second to last day of our like week ish long trip. And he proposed at dinner. And one thing before anything else that I didn't even realize is the reason why people usually propose during dessert is because my wonderful husband proposed before we got our meal. And our meal arrived, and I had no desire to eat whatsoever. (laughs) I looked at them. I was like, why did you bring this to me? Um, yeah. I had no design So <laughs> We had to wrap it up and literally take it back to the hotel room. But yeah, so you proposed. I clearly, I said yes. <laughs> and me being the type a person I am, I believe we bought our web domain like that night, um, and started plotting out our guest list within the four hours of us getting engaged. Um, I figure we might as well get it started, I suppose. <laughs> I, thinking back in hindsight, this was not the best idea in the whole world, but I did not have any other – I didn't know any better, essentially.
0: So you jump straight in, you were four hours engaged, and you're like, let's whip out the laptop and start planning. Exactly. <laughs> Is that something you think in hindsight you might have – just
1: hold, hold your horses a little bit with? Yeah. In hindsight, I probably would have figured out what on earth I was doing before I started planning things out. Um, like I, I said in my, my blog post, the one thing that I would have figured out before anything else was the day or month I wanted to get married, the max number of guests I wanted and how long I wanted it to be. I had no idea of time, obviously. My first thought was, oh man, who are we going to invite? But I didn't realize how much it was going to cost. I didn't realize the limitations for putting people at seats and tables. Um, In hindsight, I probably would have done some more research before jumping into here's who we're going to invite and being so pleased with myself for that.
0: I mean, I think that the guest list obviously is a huge decision to be doing, but you are right. I feel like you've got to figure out about how much money you've got to spend. What, yeah.
1: Because
0: that <laughs> that's really a big factor, isn't it? When you get to that point of going, oh, shit, we've got no money for the 500 people we've got on our list. Hardcore.
1: Right. Yep. <laughs> and another thing is with um family dynamics is early on, it's probably a good idea to figure out who will and will not be invited in terms of like big swaths. So, Will the aunts and uncles all be invited? Will all of their children be invited? Will the spouses of your aunts and uncles family be invited? Um, you know how deep are you going with this? Uh, we ran into issues where I was like, okay, my dad's brothers and my mom's I mean, my my dad's siblings, my mom's siblings kids are all invited, but my dad's cousins' kids aren't invited. Um, so that got messy and it was like, so what about the spouses of my dad's siblings family? Are they invited and I didn't even when we were going through this all. It was such a hard decision to make and a hard decision to keep to. But that grows your guest list when you say yes to a large swaths. So and when you say yes, all the cousins will be invited. That's not like oh we could squeeze one or two people more in. That could be oh we're squeezing twenty yeah. more people in.
0: And and you and by the look, well tell how many people ended up coming to the wedding.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we had hundred and seventy three people Whoa. at the wedding. So I have. Yeah, another thing about weddings that I never really—I still don't understand—is I we invited 170. Well, we we invited 225 people by the end of the fall. 173 came. I think I had no idea how to verify if all 173 people mm. came. I don't know if that matters. It kind of matters my brain, but I have no way to figure this out. But yes, yeah, so it was a very large wedding. Um, partly because my father is one of 22 children.
0: What? What? Um, what?
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's a whole different story. Um I am I'm Nigerian, at least I've established that. So um I come from a big well my family my 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 little unit is small, but my dad comes from a very big family. Um he grew up with only um 12 he was one of 12 that he grew up with. There's other things happening. Um and about I think nine of them now live in the U- US. And all of them have since married and had at least two children. That's
0: incredible. That's
1: so you see how the numbers start adding up. <laughs> I mean,
0: your immediate family with you know twenty-one other siblings and all of their family—that's like that's like where the population of Hobart, where I grew up.
1: <laughs> and then my mother is one of four, and she's a baby of the family. So given that, I'm looking at just twenty-eight direct. Um, aunts and uncles before you even include the spouses I've said aunts and wow. uncles. Yeah.
0: Okay, so that's challenging because you can't, I, you know you know. I like to talk about obligation guests and family members are really difficult to ditch if you are feeling that they're obligation guests, especially if they are really close relatives. So you didn't really have much of a leeway there and obviously, I, I say obviously, but my understanding of Nigerian weddings, are, they can be quite big. They, you don't leave people off the list in a Nigerian wedding.
1: Oh no, you you accommodate for extras usually. Um, We had to get very creative about some of our planning because of this. I I don't know. I don't want to get very specific, but when it comes to other weddings where people may or may not show up um, uninvited, um, one trick that we did early on was we decided on a plated dinner. So with the plated dinner, it's not buffet style. So if you arrive. And there's no plate for you. There's no there's no way for you to eat. Uh, so we think at the very least we wouldn't end up getting charged for a bunch of extra heads that popped up um, because there, you had to have a you had to choose a meal, essentially. And that also helped combat people are late because we had to say you have to tell us the if you're coming because you have to tell us what you want to eat. So that was kind of our way of pushing people without having to be too forceful. We can just say, if you'd like to eat a meal, you're going to have to tell us what that meal is and whether or not you're coming. Good,
0: That's a good point. So you were quite firm with them saying, listen, guys, I appreciate if you could get back to us. Otherwise, no meal for you.
1: Basically, I try to say as nice as possible, but essentially it was, if you don't tell us you're coming, we're not going to have a meal. And that's the end of that.
0: (laughs) One of your points, point three on your list is once you come up with a budget, Add 20%. And I think that is a very wise contingency that you've added there. And I think a lot of people come up with the budget and then secretly spend 20 to 30% extra and then deny that happens. And I'm a big <laughs> – I'm a huge advocate of keeping track of things and making sure you know where your money's going because – Otherwise, you're gonna run out and
1: end up getting into debt. did you find? Oh, yes, yeah, so we made our budget and like thinking back right now, I feel so naive what like with the budget we made, we're like, oh yes, certainly it's only gonna cost this much per plate or this much per you know for the photographer, et cetera, et cetera. So when we made the budget, we had all these you know pie in the sky dreams when it came down to it, and me looking back, I made a larger recap, and looking back, I had I added up every single every single little thing whether it was you know, how much we spent to buy the glue that we used to seal up the envelopes, to getting pictures printed, to taping things together. Mm-hmm. All these little things that you don't think about are, are part of what gets you over the edge. Is Oh, we end up having to purchase an extra this or that, or something got lost, so we bought a new one. And that's where you end up over your budget. Not to mention... Everyone kept telling me to think about gratuities, but I never really thought about gratuities quite enough. We didn't bother to include it in our budget. Um, and that's another big chunk of money that ended up going away.
0: Going away out of your pocket and never to be seen again. Oh, yes, yes.
1: <laughs> By way I mean blown away out of my pocket, yes.
0: <laughs> it's a very good point. It's always good to be very aware of who you need to pay, especially when it comes to hairdressers and all the extra little bits and pieces that you might not have added. Very good point, Christine you uh, talk about planning multiple days of events and I really like that you decided to make your wedding day sort of extend longer because I love some of the activities you included.
1: Yeah, yeah, so I feel like fairly early on, well, I guess it first started with um, my wedding was carnival themed. Mm. Um, Me and my husband both love love theme parks, love Disney world, love, love everything about that fun, high energy sweets and candies and laughter. Yes. So we knew we wanted our wedding to be like that. And carnival theme, I had, I had never been one of those women that had like an idea of what they really wanted for the wedding. But I remember seeing one carnival theme wedding on like style me pretty, which I'm sure this wedding probably cost four times what mine <laughs> did. But I remember I fell in love with it. And I was like, Oh, this is perfect. i had never even thought that was possible to have a carnival theme wedding. <laughs> so I saw that one. Um, so, mine looks nothing like that one, but mine was very bright and colorful. Um, so, that's how we knew we went into a carnival theme. So, when we started thinking about where we actually were going to have the wedding, we started looking first off at like theme parks and other places that were like that inherently had entertainment that was fun. It ended up not really working out because all of these places have their own catering and they don't really have fancy catering because they're not really used to throwing weddings, especially in my area. So, we're like, okay, well, that's probably not going to work, but I still want to be able to incorporate this idea of of getting on rides and having a lot of fun like that. So one of the things that we incorporated was the day after the wedding, um, we took a trip down to Six Flags, which is like your local regional um, amusement park. Okay. And so we invited all of the friends and the family members that we couldn't invite to the wedding, as well as all the wedding guests were also invited, to Six Flags. Um, we couldn't pay for everybody's entry but we did get a good you know discounted group deal for like lunch and we brought a photographer with us and all kinds of fun stuff (laughs) like that so that was the day directly after the wedding um and then prior to we opted to have our um our rehearsal dinner on Thursday instead of Friday um mostly because I didn't like the idea of excluding people that came into town on Friday from attending and I knew we couldn't afford to pay for all those people that were If we wanted to have all of our out-of-town guests attend the rehearsal dinner, I'd seen most of the time it's like customary to invite them. But we were looking at dozens of of out-of-town guests, not just, you know, a few people that came from down the street. So given that, we figured Thursday all the people would come in that were part of the wedding would already be here or would plan to come in early. And then Friday what we did was we had a um, welcome event, which was just going to a local pub. And you know, having drinks, snacks. Um, some of it we paid for. Some of them people paid for themselves, essentially. Um, actually, my one of my uncles was nice enough to show up and actually paid a large portion of the oh, tab, which is wonderful. Delightful. That was not planned. That's cool. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about a couple hundred bucks, which was incredible. So that helped out a lot because we had, also, fun fact, we hadn't thought about how we were gonna pay for the tab while we were doing this all. So it really worked out for all us. Right. Um, and then. <laughs> After the um, the welcoming party, we all went to the local um, aquarium and they had a deal in our, our city where there's a really cheap price on Friday nights. So it was only like, I think, 20 bucks a person instead of like 40. So we t- told everyone to come on down to the aquarium with us and we all just wander around the aquarium together. Oh. Yeah. So those were the four days of events, which were exhausting, obviously, but so much fun. We had a blast. It's the
0: Christine and John extravaganza.
1: Exactly. It was uh, the, the wedding marathon, essentially. And then the day of the wedding, I um yes, we had an outfit change. So like I said, I'm Nigerian, so um, the outfits we wore were custom made um, with the coordination of my wonderful cousin and my aunt from Nigeria and sent over with my aunt who came to the wedding. So about halfway through, uh, no, actually directly after our first day, essentially, we snuck off and uh, changed. We thought we were just going to be able to sneak back in which didn't happen. Everyone noticed, which was really nice, though. Everyone clapped and cheered while I walked back in. But the whole schedule of the day was very, very rigid because we had to account for our outfit change. Um, and my husband, John's mother, also had an outfit to change into as well. So we had a lot of moving parts throughout the day to make sure everything went smoothly, which also cut into the just talking with guests time.
0: There is more with the wonderful Christine on uh, the Brian Chiller podcast directly after this. Welcome back to the show. We are speaking, we is in I. There's no one else here. Hello? Anyone else here? No, it's just me. Uh, I am speaking to Christine and she is a BrideChiller graduate and boy, this gal is organized. We have a wonderful accompanying blog post today on the show. You need to visit thebridechiller.com to read it. There's another post that you've written on your website that is, it goes through all the various bits and pieces of your wedding and... I'd hire
1: you. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> something good has come out of me being very Type A. <laughs>
0: yeah, but I mean, it's, it's funny that you say that, but I think that that's what makes. Someone was saying to me at work about how easy it would be to be a wedding planner. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Are you what? Are drugs? Are you on? I mean, people that have to be organised and planning and dealing with crises and picking up other people's problems and. As you uh, were going to talk about, people get shitty and you've got to figure out solutions. That, that's not everyone's bag. And I wouldn't say it's always fun. Did you enjoy the wedding planning process?
1: Oh, gosh. I have to be completely Please. honest. I did not like it at right. all. That's actually, I think, with number nine on my list. It's just, it's okay to not like it. It's kind of like, you know, people are like, oh, gosh, are you so excited to be engaged? I'm like, absolutely. I love being engaged because I was very excited to marry my husband. But planning it no that was not something i enjoyed and i have event planned in my life so it's not like that was a new process to me but the the involving family dynamics and tens of thousands of your own dollars that's where it comes into um me not nearly as enjoying it as much as i had you know when i was planning with someone else's money and someone else's life
0: Mm. (laughs) (laughs) it's fun with someone else's credit card
1: Oh, yes, everything's done with someone else's credit card.
0: <laughs> you, that's true. I want that on a T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and I will make it. Tell me about people being mad, because I think it's <sighs> really un- unavoidable to not piss someone else off during your own wedding planning, no matter how bright, chilly you are.
1: Oh, yes. Yes, yes. So it was it was a struggle. Um, I will say that one thing that we ended up having to say early on was that my, um, John, he handled a lot of... The logistics of the wedding because it was live, it was just stressing me out. So I was like, I can't begin to deal with that. But what I found is a viable solution for like people getting mad is that for the most part, the people that were getting mad at me were not people that were like the VIPs of this wedding. There weren't people that I needed to have there or that I would be upset if they were upset with me. so. Eventually, I just had to essentially get over it a bit and just think to myself, OK, the people that love me are not going to be mad at me or be resentful towards me, especially on my wedding day. Mm. So that was kind of how I got around the fact that sometimes people were a little angry. Um, and then the other way was um, to have, we essentially had kind of uh, mediators. So um, uh, my I had a really great aunt and uncle who also helped pay for a part of the wedding that would step in and mediate when things got a little um, dicey with me and my parents, for instance. So they would come in and talk to them and talk to us and kind of work out some of the problems because we, my parents and I always have trouble communicating with each other. So they helped step in to help with facilitate communication. So I will say having some type of advocate on your side um, or advocate that knows the parties that are upset really help in figuring some things out because if they're not going to listen to you, they might listen to somebody else. There is like a step removed at least from the situation. Mm,
0: That's a really good point. And so many people, I think with family and friends that you're really close to can unload or let loose a little easier than someone that you, you know you're a bit more refrained around and i think sometimes you say things that you don't necessarily mean because it's easy to sort of go ah oh, i my that's my mom i can say whatever i want but also as you said to have someone that's an intermediary might actually make things a little easier for you mm-hmm. good point let's talk a little bit more about not being super stoked not necessarily stoked but not having to love every second of it
1: Oh, well, yeah, so I, at one point, I found myself screaming at a UPS guy. Mind you, he was kind of a dick to me that day for something completely unrelated to the wedding, but I let loose on this guy. This was probably a month before the wedding, and I realized while I'm yelling at this guy that, I am having a really tough time with this wedding and it's manifesting in me yelling at this stranger. Yeah. So um, what I, I, I wish I had realized how much it was impacting me earlier on, but what I realized was essentially that if something was bringing me to the point of tears yeah. that I had to give to someone else, it could have been John, it could have been we did have a wedding planner um, or it could be, we just didn't do it or we paid someone else to do it. But I realized Took me a long time to get to that point, but I realized that I couldn't do everything, mm-hmm. and even if I could do everything, not everything was pleasing me. So that I had to learn to delegate in a way that I usually just don't do. So that was a good way to get me to um, be less angry and be less upset about the wedding planning process because I found myself being resentful towards the wedding planning process at a certain point where I was like, "This isn't. This probably isn't the healthiest thing in the whole world." So that's usually how I, how I combated being so upset was just not not doing it anymore and no one the best part about playing your wedding is no one says you have to do anything we secured our venue our photographer and our caterer pretty early on so i was i joked with people that oh and our dj was pretty early on i joked with people that I could get married with all four of these people and be done yeah. with it. There was nothing else I needed to have. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, if I didn't get the videographer, if we didn't get the decor right, um, the officiant was my uncle. So if we didn't get every all these other things, it, you know, if, if the photo booth didn't show up, I could still get married. There was nothing else that was required of me. So at some point, he just had to let certain things go. And that's kind of how, how I dealt with not being thrilled about it, was to give to someone else, just let it go.
0: Yeah, outsource, delegate, ditch it
1: that's also a good t-shirt <laughs> yeah, also, let's,
0: let's do that the credit card I mean there's a lot of things we need to be doing I reckon t- t-shirts where it's where it's at what are your most happy memories of the day?
1: oh gosh oh man it was actually a really fun day I will say um, I know a lot of people say everything's whirlwind and you don't remember anything like I remember a lot of the like the minute details of it not the decor but like just the little things that happened throughout the day um, one of my favorite parts so I I grew up listening to pop punk. So that's like Fall Out Boy and Pink and the Disco and bands like that. So I had told my DJ pretty early on that the last hour or last 45 minutes of the wedding was going to be dedicated to pop punk. So we call it the pop punk power yes. hour. And I had the biggest dance party with me and my friends and like my cousins who I had no idea they were into it. And it was so much fun. We got so many strange looks from everybody else, and I couldn't care less. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was exactly like I envisioned it, and people afterwards were all talking about how much fun that was, and that was one of my favorite parts. Um, and then another part that I loved, obviously, it was just when I walked in, I hadn't seen the ceremony location. We actually had a um, rain plan, so it rained all day, so we got the ceremony was moved inside. So I hadn't seen the decor for the reception or the ceremony area at all. So when I walked in, I looked around, and everything looked beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I was really pleased because I had no idea what I was getting into. I didn't even see a picture. And then I saw John, and he looked so happy, and Mm -hmm. I looked so happy. To the point where everyone, you, like, everyone laughed because I got down to the end of the aisle and the first thing I did was kiss him. It didn't occur to me um. that I was supposed to wait. <laughs> I was just like, oh, yay. I hadn't seen him all day and everything looked so beautiful and I was just so overwhelmed that the first thing I did was kiss him because that's that's what I do when I see him.
0: <laughs> it's beautiful. And I love that you – I mean, I walked down the aisle and I was like, hey, how's everyone going? What's going on? Because, um, you yeah, know, that's just me. But I think you should have those moments because that's what it's all about, being genuine. Doing what
1: you normally do. One thing I also did was I blew a kiss to my little brother because I looked over and he was crying and I was like, oh, I can't even begin to deal with this. (laughs) And I wanted to hug him, but he was like, so far into the aisle, I, I could have reached him. So I just blew him a kiss and hoped that was sufficient for the time being. I'm sure it was very sufficient very, very sufficient.
0: Can we just talk a little bit more about the bringing the families together with all the different sort of traditions and then the carnival theme and then you doing the the outfit change? Did everyone embrace it? Was it something that everyone was expecting or what was the feedback on that?
1: Oh goodness. So every single time I said carnival theme, my mom would laugh every time. So I don't think she ever really, truly got on board with that, but I think that was one of the things where she was just like, okay, well, that's happening. Um, my John's mother, uh, she, if, you, if you've if you seen Harry Potter, John's mom is literally Mrs. Weasley. It, <laughs> she even has red hair. She's a wonderful jovial woman that I just love, love, love being around. And she actually came down for a full month before the wedding to help us with decor, and she added... Um, I had orange and pink tulle under my wedding dress oh. that you only saw if I lifted it up just a little bit. And she added that in for me and helped with a lot of decor. So she was head, feet, everything first into it. And she loved it. And she thought everything was so cute. Um, I had like paper bouquet and then she thought it was wonderful. So she was great about it. Um, like, so my parents just kind of em- embraced that it was happening essentially <laughs> and just kind of were like, okay, we're going to roll with that, I suppose. Um, <laughs> And one thing that we did do, I forgot with our, our big schedule of events, is we kind of had a, um, a traditional Nigerian wedding prior to um, our regular wedding was on the Thursday before before the rehearsal mm-hmm. dinner. We had a traditional Nigerian wedding where um, there was prayer and there was dancing and all kinds of things like that. And that was the Thursday before. And John's family got in early enough that they were able to, come to accompany us there as well. So they we got to kind of see a glimpse of what that looked like. And then um, we had the regular um, Western, you know, um, traditional, um, I guess the regular Western wedding on that Saturday. So there was a little bit of both there where everyone got a little bit of what they were looking for. And then we also had a ceremony that was, um, me and John are not particularly religious, but I come from a family where there are, I want to say at least half a dozen people that are in the clergy in some way, be it ministers and preachers. So we had a, we had a fairly religious ceremony, um, which was my, my parents really appreciated. Mm-hmm. I know. So that it was also part of like, I guess more part of the compromising that we did to, you know, make sure that everybody was happy and comfortable. Um, and then obviously changing to the outfit. I loved, loved my outfit. And I knew that I had always known that I was going to have, both a traditional white dress and my uh, my Nigerian attire at the wedding. So that was another way that everybody got a little bit of what they wanted. Um, it, uh, because at the wedding, a lot of my family just wore their traditional Nigerian outfits. Um, my mom wore hers the whole time, my father as well. So it was good to see like a little bit of both so that John's family didn't feel completely alienated. So they had on you know, his mom changed, no one else in his family changed. And then I had on my my, both of my outfits. So everybody got to see a little bit of what they were looking for.
0: I love and the photos are beautiful. And I love seeing the, the outfit change and also the joy of everyone walking in wearing the beautiful Nigerian outfits. They are just stunning. Christine, you are making a move to sweden in a couple of months exciting times in the new marriage just moving countries
1: yes yeah it's um yeah we're moving to stockholm and i guess i should say i live in the u.s i live right outside of um dc and well in baltimore and we are moving to stockholm and it's i've never actually been there before which sounds insane when i say (laughs) it um, but, <laughs> but John, John got a job. Um, he got his work pizza. Thankfully the nice stuff let me come with him and we are doing that whole thing. I, um, I, I do consulting. Thankfully I have a full-time job here, but I also do consulting. So I'm thinking I'm going to be able to bring some clients with me that will help until I figure out the whole, the whole job situation. Um, yeah.
0: I think it's a marvelous way to begin a marriage. It's just shift countries. Rich and I shifted countries uh, nearly three years ago. We were we were a, we were a, what a year into our marriage, and it's been fabulous, challenging, fun, and a little freaky.
1: Oh, I can imagine. Yeah, when I told John about the, that I was coming on this podcast, I was like, "Yeah, she's Australian, but she lives in the UK." He goes, "What?" And I was like, oh. <laughs> "So yeah, but I think it's a, it's a good way to start a, start a whole new." all new life yeah exactly
0: traveling listening to people speak another language that will make no sense to you but it sounds beautiful and uh just a very cool place you're gonna have a great time
1: thank you thank, thank, thank you. you so
0: much for coming on and sharing your wedding wisdom i really enjoyed spending this time with you christina i know that people will read your blogs and learn so much more i
1: knew i my thought was when i put together that there's a lot of people like me that had no idea what they were doing, mm. so I was hope hopefully it was helpful to someone. I uh, I joke that I had gone to I've now been to three weddings in my entire life, one of which was my own. So given the other people out there like me, I figured someone's going to benefit from this, and I really appreciate that you that you found it useful and you think your uh, your listeners will find it useful as well.
0: I know it. I know it. And uh, do you have anything to plug, Christine? Maybe you want to get some freelance people to come and hire you while you're in Sweden.
1: Oh, well, actually, if any of your listeners happen to work for Spotify, oh, let's
0: I the word out. am
1: desperately trying to get a job there. That's part of the reason why I'm moving to Stockholm. So that is that is my one and only plug, is anyone that knows anyone that works at Spotify, please send them my way.
0: I want the Bridechiller community to come together and let's help Christine. She can get the job of her own volition. She's got the skills. We just need the end. Let's work together to make that happen.
1: Yes, please.
0: <laughs> uh, thank you so much again, Christine, and thank you for being a bride chiller graduate. I'm really glad that the uh, the podcast. I'm glad that we met via the podcast and that you enjoyed the show. It's great.
1: Thank you for putting it together. It's it was invaluable. I told I've told everyone that's been engaged since I got engaged about your podcast. I swear.
0: I, I love that. It's like I swear. People are like I have told everyone. <laughs> I promise. I swear. I did. I, <laughs> I tell anyone that's got a ring on it, I tell them about the podcast. Well, I appreciate it. And uh, if you would like to read Christine's amazing blog, visit thebridechiller.com and uh, click on little episodes in the menu. We'll be plugging it all week. You can't miss it. And uh, I would like to hear from you. If you're a bridechiller graduate, you have a story to share. And also if you are getting close to getting hitched or you've just been hitched or you blah 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 you just need to send me some photos as well i am like your mum. i want to see it and i want to share them with the bright chiller community please feel free to uh send them along thank you so much christine and i would like to wish you the best travels and uh time in stockholm eat some cinnamon buns they are fucking delicious yes thank you (laughs) happy days happy days (laughs) (laughs) The Chillilla Podcast. The only place a cookie cutter should be used is in the kitchen. Am I right?